Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager, in today's episode, Ground Zero. Nothing from him. Wow. <laughs> Nothing from him. No, you know, Ground Zero, and, and just to put some context around this, I uh, the description of Ground Zero is like when everything is 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 really kind of messing up is blown apart it's like it just really the the uh the epicenter of the 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 whatever it's it's a lot of bad things greg yeah 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 and things are going for a you know what yeah and you know what i was on a call today where we were just talking about some trends in the in the industries different industries in particular and uh we were actually talking about it with the trends in the startup aspect you know in the tech and that kind of stuff where capital is is shrinking and it's a tough time out there right now people are are really really shrinking and, and the common theme was that often the folks in these kind of businesses are very smart technically but they're not great emotionally intelligent from an emotional intelligence perspective and it's fascinating how um it's a big gap because before, when lots of money was coming in, you know, they were able to kind of throw things in and do things up. But now, now that it's shrinking, and they have to figure out the way to work in these new times, and they're super stressed, and things are tight. It can be super crunchy. You work in so many different genres of business, don't you? Oh, I, I do. But this is just—we had a really great um, conversation with some senior folks kind of advisors and they were just giving some insights around what they're seeing and those kinds of things. And it was just, it was fascinating. Just fascinating. Wow. Wow. Well, let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And as couples, we actually went out to dinner for the first time in like five flipping years. Oh my goodness. It was so good, you know, actually. And it, it was, uh, it, there was lots of space at the restaurant. They were very busy, but they, were, they gave you lots of time because we stayed for a couple hours. And, you know, even post-COVID, you know, they were like moving you through in an hour, you're out. So it was so lovely just to kind of sit and connect and hang out and uh, and for our partners to, uh, you know, really, really chat up, you know, and kind of uh, reconnect. It was wonderful. It was cool. It was cool. So uh, let's continue. We've both been managers or supervisors or leaders for most of our careers. We both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on. And we're going to discuss how we've observed others successfully manage these situations, all the learning situations we've been in. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. Yeah, no question. This will be a good one. So, ground zero. You have a sudden or ongoing work environment where you experience some or all of the following. There are serious changes going on at work, and you are out of sorts, out of the loop, and wondering what is up and what is down. You're going through a transition, and it's confusing, upside down, and there seems to be maybe a personal issue in it. There seems to be things going on, and you don't know what, why, or who there is a serious work issue or failure, and it is hitting the fan. You don't know what, if anything, will result because of this. So, Greg, how important is this subject, and how does it affect our relationships and the environment at work? Well, I think it's really relevant right now. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this. You'd think that we were ready for this. 
we're never ready, Greg. No, I know. But, you know, we've gone through COVID. We had to adapt. We had to change. Things went down, then back up. And, I mean, there was so much transition that's going on. And um, uh, it, it is just, it's just, you know, fascinating for me that, that it, at, with right now, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's some worry of the market. Uh, there is, there are lots of things that are happening. So this, I think, is really relevant. There's a lot of organizations that are pulling back, that are are either either in in churn or are worried that churn is coming. So they're really going through things, and some are going through really, like you described here, significant changes and and significant changes fast. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing too is that um, there is like an exhaustion out there. So I think this is part of the reason why sometimes this can be so bad is that uh, those people who could manage this before or maybe did a somewhat good job of managing it before are so exhausted that they're just done. And therefore, they're not doing the kinds of things they need to do in this environment. And it's resulting in disconnect. It's resulting in spin-outs. It's resulting in um, people leaving. I've had uh, about three or four conversations this week already and end of last week with regards to the changing talent market that uh, folks won't stay anymore. Uh, They won't stand for this kind of stuff anymore. Because although there are some changes in the marketplace and some chunkiness going on right now, there's still a fair amount of jobs and so you can land somewhere else. And people are also more willing to be without for a short period of time because they got gig stuff going on on the side and all this type of thing. So it's so interesting. But I think in, in the end, what happens is if all having stuff happen, like stuff hitting the fan, it's going to happen. It's how you decide to deal with it and what's the environment you're going to create during it which will uh, result in either it going to a deep hole or a shallow hole. And the key is to figure out as leaders, and I know we're going to talk about this, what can you do to make that dip much more shallow? Because it's going to happen, stuff happens, uh, but you can go have a shallower dip of engagement or uh, uh, retention and all those things, and then a quicker uptick afterwards. So I I think it's just a a good topic. I've worked in a number of different organizations, Greg, and in one organization, we call caused the crisis. Uh, I was an internal investigator with the police, and every time we got involved in something, there was a problem within the organization, and we were the people that came in and you know did an investigation, sorted it out. We caused these things all the time, and you learn pretty quickly that you need to um, use a certain deportment. That mm-hmm. you know the whole idea is that that dip is not fatal to a team or a unit or whatever it is that you you had to go in there and just deal with whatever you had to deal with but not cause any other uh, unnecessary problems and and you had to be you know very communicative when you could and you had to be decisive and you just had to deal with whatever the issue was but i've worked in a bunch of places where there's been all sorts of these things going on and some of them got handled really really well and others not so much well you know it's interesting because you're right um Sometimes you got to make those big, broad changes because stuff happens. Markets drop out, investment slows down, and if you're going to survive, you got to make the tough choices. And so it does feel like it is everything's falling apart. Um, but we're going to talk about what are those things that you can do 
to help people shepherd people through this? What do the best leaders do to help shepherd people through it versus the worst leaders? What do they do? They do things like the, like you've described. They uh, don't say anything. You know, it's upside down. It's you know, it's messing up. You don't know have a clue what's going on, and and or your leaders are reacting in ways that are just adding to the swirl. Inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, and it and and. I get it, you know, we're human. And again, I think putting on the layer of uh, how people are so tired. You know, it's like almost you, I've been a good leader up to this point, but when you've been going through change, someone described the other day that uh, the next 10 years, or the last 10 years, uh, we had the amount of change as it has been in the last 100 years. And uh, uh, change is just going to get faster and it's never going to be slow again, slower again. This is the slowest it will ever be. And if people think about that, this is the slowest it will ever be. Then we've got to be good at it. Oh my goodness, we got to be good at it. So as a manager, what can we do to assist in these types of situations? First one, be very clear with your communications. Be thoughtful and prepared. Greg, I don't know how many times. Uh, I've seen a bunch of people handle these things You know, pretty good. I've seen a couple disaster stories though. And the thing is, if you're going to have a really important discussion, if you're going to impart guidance on what's going on or give some background information, you would think that you would be prepared. It is so much better when you're prepared. People know you're prepared. They know you care about them. And guess what? You're being very efficient and thoughtful in what you do. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's being very clear, and not only of your communications, but on the process in which you are going to communicate. So that kind of falls into that thoughtfulness and prepared. Sometimes you don't have the answers, but if you say, listen, um, here's what we know now, um, and I will tell you what I know and what I can tell you, and as soon as I can tell it. Um, and, you know, we're going to set up, because there's there is a lot of churn, we're going to set up weekly check-ins, of which we're going to get you give you an update, and the update might be no news, um, or it might be here's what it is. But I'm going to be as authentic and as transparent as I can be. And then you know we've talked about in past podcasts that sometimes you can't say stuff because there might be a regulatory thing behind here or whatever that type of thing. But be as honest as possible and just be crisp and do it soon. You know, and and we're, we're going to talk about some of the other stuff. But this is a good one. Well, you kind of jumped onto point five on the manager side. Be honest especially about what you don't know or can't discuss. Be as clear and be as honest as possible. And somebody asks the question, say, listen, I can't talk about that right now. There's personnel issues involved in that. And uh, I'm just not in a position to be able to share that with you. But Mm -hmm. I will, uh, when it becomes appropriate, share as much information as I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, uh, I was listening to an interview the other day with... um, um, uh, what's his name? Adam Grant. And um, I love that guy, man. I've seen, I've heard him on so many podcasts. He's so articulate and, and empathetic. Oh, he's so good. He was, he was, he was interviewing um, Gina Rometty. I think her name is. She was the former chairman and uh, CEO of IBM. Fascinating person. Like uh, she wrote a book called Good Power. And I just loved she was going to be the kind of leader who would manage through these tough things. She actually talked about how do you manage through to the, these things and being clear and crisp, but just being upfront and saying, hey, here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Uh, and here's how we're going to keep you informed during the process. Because it's a, it's a, it's a kind of building that trust level that, you know what, um, do I believe you have my best interest at hand? Um, 
And or do I just even trust you? Do I even trust you? Yeah, I agree. And for those of you that don't know him, Adam Grant is an organizational psychologist. I think I don't know. Is he does uh, does he teach out of a university in Yeah, Wharton. Wharton. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's in Pennsylvania or mm-hmm, somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good person to listen to. I've never heard a bad interview with him. Yeah. He's uh, he's curious, right? And yeah. he's always learning. And, and he listens. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one, um, silence leads to speculation and rumor. You can't not say anything. You have to, even if you don't know anything, you still have to address the issue and the people involved. And uh, silence just, you know, people just go off on a tangent in, inside themselves if they don't have any information. Yeah, well, you know, and, and this is often driven by fear or... Um, inexperience. Inexperience, you know, or lawyers saying you can't do that, you can't do this. And, you know, I know they have to protect because of, you know, certain things. And I totally agree with that. But then let's be clear about what we can say and what we can't say and equip them because silence is deadly. And you know what? I disagree with this thing that you can't say anything. Like you sit down, you hash out. What can I possibly say? Mm-hmm. I understand the limitations, but there, I don't think there's any situation where you can't say anything. No, I agree. And and you have to be That's re- just laziness. It's- uh, and you have to be ready for people to be mad at you because people want to know as much as they can. I mean, when there is when there is lack of information or not enough information, some people need more than others. Uh, you know, people will be mad at you as a leader. You are stuck with that position. It's in the job description. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the next one, uh, making make sure that you aren't making it personal. It it hasn't happened that often, Greg, but I have heard you know senior management say something. I'm going like, "Are you flipping kidding me? Mm. That's what you're worried about." There's a you know obviously there was a personality clash of some sort, but you know you know Greg's a really good worker. Like I'm sorry that you had an incident with him, or you know <laughs> you know yeah I wasn't very happy. It's like did you talk to him? Mm-hmm. Did you sort it out? Well, no. And it's like, sometimes these, these things are caused by personality conflict. And I'm amazed, you know, in a number of occasions where the senior person hasn't gone and sorted it out, like, you know, hash it out. And you know what, maybe you were wrong, Mm -hmm. but if you don't talk about it, but then you end up, and then you end up making these decisions and creating these crises, you know, it could have been avoided. Yeah. 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 And, you know, knowing that we have different styles and approaches, um, uh, again, part of this conversation it, what today was that, and this was really had to do with tech and founders. And they said, you know what, founders often um, their companies are their babies, so they will work a gazillion hours. They will throw it, and so and but they expect everyone else to do that. But people don't have that same sense of ownership as you do because they didn't create something. They might be they might be passionate about what you do, but it's not the same level. And so what happens is sometimes if someone's reacting in a way of change or responding in a way of change that is different from your values or your approach or your style, you can easily get annoyed by them versus being compassionate and understanding if, you know, and really widening, kind of pausing and widening your lens a little bit and saying, okay, who is this person? How have they contributed to the organization versus in this moment? What happens is we get a narrow focus on the lens. I don't like them. Uh, uh, Yeah, because in this moment, they're driving me bloody nuts. And why aren't they as as, uh, resilient as I am or insert the the adjective that you decide to do? And so it's, it's really just... We get caught up in our emotions and we get caught up in our values and we lose sight of who this full person is. And this person might have 
amazing experience and knowledge that's going to help you shepherd through this crisis. Uh, but if you if you get narrow and you focus on the behavioral differences versus the why behind the behavioral differences and create a little bit of space, a little bit of empathy, which I think is a little bit further down the line, it that's a it's a key a key focus. I think people sometimes mistake uh, passion for being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this in a number of occasions and it's like, you know, that person was disrespectful or were they just passionate and were trying to make a point? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as a leader, as the senior person in any conversation, we're the ones that set the mood, set the tone. And, and, you know, if, if a conversation is getting what we feel is out of control, then it's our job to, to deal with it and make sure that the conversation goes well. That's our job as a senior person. Right. Right. And, a really good question, and sometimes management, depending on your level, uh, are blind to what's going on. Like, do you know what's going on? Sometimes it comes from way above you, and you're caught in this as well, and yet you're probably the one that has to speak to people. So one of the questions I always, you know, do I know what's going on? Right. Yeah, and I was going to, I actually, because funny, when, when I looked at that one, I think there is that, do I know what's going on upwards? Do I really understand the change? And, and, you know, and you can say what you know and what you don't know that that's important, but equally important is, do I know what's going on, uh, the next level down below me or the next level down below me? So how closer to you, to the impact of the changes or the shifts or whatever is happening on the organization. And how do you have that pulse check? So it's interesting. You have the wide range of, especially if you're in the middle and the middle leaders are often the, they're, they're often have the toughest job when you have stuff that's going down. They get squeezed by both sides. They do because they don't have enough details. And so, but to your point, if I don't know, ask, be as informed as you can be, both on what's happening, what I can say and what I can't say. So if they haven't, if the, if you're a middle manager and the folks haven't told you anything, as a, as an individual leader, your responsibility is to just try and find out stuff and ask questions and get clarity so that you can then be as good a leader for the people that you represent and support. And be empathetic, be compassionate. These are people. And even if they're going to be leaving the corporation, you have to treat them properly. I've seen some people that really struggle with this, mm-hmm. but you at least have to go through the motions. Guess what? It might catch. There's some leaders that I found uh, just wonderfully compassionate. I mean, they still sometimes had to exit people, but you knew it wasn't personal and you knew that they cared and they explained why they were doing these things. And, uh, you know, I remember a bunch of them and you know, I, I sat there and went, I hope, I hope I'm like them when I have to make these types of decisions. Yeah, it's interesting because I just saw a LinkedIn post and a gentleman was talking about that he, when he was younger, one of the leaders he was talking to uh, uh, had told him that one of the advice that his mentor gave him, an early mentor had given him was, don't get too close to your people. And this leader uh, happened to be an amazing leader and continued to be an amazing leader and uh, discarded that uh that's such crap eh? it it's it so is so and because it doesn't mean you're going on vacation with your 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 but you have to know them and we talk about that through it by knowing them then you're more empathetic and you understand where people are and how they respond and you're able to kind of you know that safe brave space you know and uh you're able to present yourself create the environment for each of the people wherever they are 
and going forward. And it's just, it's, it's, I, I just, I can't believe that attitude is still out here, but boy, oh boy, it still is. People, you know, uh, however, the organizations that last through these challenging times are ones that do look at it from a, a both a business at, but and a people perspective. I agree. And after you deal with this situation, really helpful to think about how did you handle it? What was the outcomes? What did you learn? What would you do differently? Maybe what worked and you're going to do again and maybe chat it up with somebody uh, about it just to learn from it. We all make mistakes. The second mistake you make is not learning from the first mistake. Mm -hmm. Go back and think about these things. Maybe if you can talk to some of the people involved, talk to some people at your level, whatever, and just learn from the situation. Some of these things are very unique situations, Mm -hmm. but often there's takeaways that are applicable to everything. And if you take the time and, and maybe learn about some of these things, really, really helpful. Yeah. And I would even say not afterwards, uh, someone today was talking about uh, one of the best practices are as you're implementing strategy, especially through these volatile times is at least on a quarterly basis to stop and ask um, the three P's. One is to pivot, um, to pause or to punt. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, there's continue, whatever that is, but, but just think about where are we at? What have we, what have we done? What have we decided to do? How are we communicating? And is there something we still need to pivot more? Is there something we need to pause and, and focus on something else? Or is there something that we tried? It doesn't work. Let's punt it. Let's get rid of it. And really kind of a crisp focus of, but how do you do that more often? You know, you don't want to be doing that every day because when you're going through change, you want to learn and you want to tweak week, um, but actually putting in a, a process that's uh, on a regular cadence to pause and say, so what worked? What didn't work? What do we need to do slightly different? What do we need to do more of? You know, all those kinds of things will help you because it, it, then it continues the dialogue through these changey and crunchy um, situations. And if you're, it goes back to that first point of not being silent, but actually being engaged in the conversation. Um, you're going to keep your people longer and you're going to, you're going to come out of it much quicker, uh, than if you don't do that. I agree. So as an employee, what can you do to assist in the situation? And if, when you're in the middle of this, do you feel, is it anger, confusion, loss, maybe betrayal, uh, just coming to grips, uh, and understanding how you feel, uh, before you take the next step, whether that's a conversation uh, or something else, or maybe walking, whatever it is, and it just recognizing how you're feeling is really, really important before you start taking the next steps. Yeah. You know what? There's this, I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. There's this great video called location, location, location by the conscious leadership group. Google it. It's a, it's a great, uh, I think it's like a four minute thing, but it, but it talks about, um, we can either go above the line or we can go below the line and, uh, below the line is victim below the line is gossip below the line is, is blaming above the line is volunteer. It is, it is looking for the possibilities and going forward. And the reality is it starts with knowing where we are and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be confused and lost. And I mean, if you as a leader, and even if we're on the employee side, but as employee side, if you can express yourself, 
Um, you know, we talked about the three unarguable statements. I know you're going to say, oh, here it comes again. But that is such a powerful thing to say. It's one of your favorites, man. It is. But it's just, you know, if I can say I'm feeling frustrated um, because I'm not sure where we're going. And I, I understand, uh, Alistair, that you can't give us all the answers, but I'm really uh, concerned. I don't think it's just me. Um, and how do we then, but then how do you move to solution? You know, uh, express where you're at. And then, and then how do you collectively move to, what do we do? And listen closely to what's being said, what's being sent out, get perspective, start uh, getting all this information uh, together. And I'm just going to throw in the third one as well. Don't jump to conclusions. Look for the info. Ask the questions when it's appropriate. Uh, send the email, whatever it is. Really important before you take action or no action that you get as much information as possible about what's going on. It's a really good way to, to um, move you from stress because, you know, like it's so easy to get caught in the whirlpool that's going to drag you all the way down. And, and we will think about past events that were similar to this, uh, past event, but you know what? Um, asking yourself, what do I know in this situation? Who can it, I talk to? It's a very act. It's actually an action. It's it, very active, right? It is. It is. And you know, in the end, you might confirm that things are bad, but then you can make a more informed choice about what you want to do. But the likelihood is you're going to find information that will settle you enough to begin to, I mean, still might be stressful, but, but information is really helpful to, to stir, uh, sorry, to, to still the, the swirl. And be aware that silence leads to speculation and rumor. Uh, if you're not listening to the conversations, if you're being quiet, if there's no information there, everybody's going to be just dreaming up, you know, worrying about things. Uh, really important that if you have an opportunity to ask a question that you do so, because if there's nothing going on and just be aware that sometimes when you're speaking to other people, they're just speculating and they're just pushing the rumors around really important that we get to the, the, the actual information and try to figure out as, as well as we can, what's going on. Yeah. And I would add to this, that we all have an opportunity to show up in the way we show up. So, um, rumors spread like mad in these situations. Um, and, and whatever role you have, if someone says to you something, you can ask a question, you can ask, well, well, how do you know that's true? where did you hear that from? Who might we talk to just to validate? Because that's, and, and, and you can be empathetic again, and this should be, I think, one of the points that the, the leaders can be, you can, you can be empathetic and say, you know, Alistair, man, I can see you're stressed and you know, I'm stressed too, because we don't know where it's going and we don't know what it is. So what are the questions that we might want to ask that can get us some clarity, right? You can lead from wherever you are, um, and also help others settle because, you know, our personalities are different and some people will spin out of control a lot faster. If you're someone who is more logical, can help kind of ground things and slow things down by asking great questions, please move into that because it, one, it'll help you calm down, but it'll also help others calm down because, man, it can become a swirl as people, as the rumor mill starts and everything goes. And kind of leading off of that, are you jumping into a personal thing? I hate them, or they are the worst. That guy, Greg, he's a terrible boss. You say this to a group of people, then the next day you bump into Greg, and Greg says, oh, this is what's going on. We're going to have a meeting later on today. Oh, that makes sense. Thanks a lot. Meanwhile, the, you know, the day before, 
you know, all these disparaging comments that come out and you undermine somebody that's actually doing a mm -hmm. proper job. And when you had a conversation with them, you understood what was going on. You may not be a hundred percent happy with it, but you know, I've heard people go, oh, you know, not you personally, Greg, but you know, that Greg's a terrible boss. I hate working for him. Mm -hmm. And then you find out the next day that, you know, things aren't as bad as you thought they were. And once you had a conversation with them, you actually understood what was going on. Yeah, because you can complain all you want, and this is all equally important if you're a manager. Um, you know how do you how are you showing up? Even if because the problem is that as a manager, you may know a lot more stuff, and you might think this company really is bad. You know, I'm so frustrated with them, but you can't, you can't, you can't show up with that kind of an attitude. You got to show up with what do I need to know, and how do I find out those questions? Well, equally, it's important when you're an employee. You can, if you're not having anybody reporting to, how you show up, the environment that you create, um, and you're responsible for it as well. Yeah, and you know, if you're hearing something that is untrue, like Greg's a lousy manager, and you've had great experiences, you know, one of my favorite things is wow. I can I can tell that that you must have been really frustrated with with Greg. Sounds like you're frustrated. You know, it's it's interesting because my experience has been quite good. Um, this is what have you talked to Greg? Right, right, right. And those are great ways to shepherd because you can again. It's it's how do I want to show up wherever I am, whatever role I am. It's funny. Uh, one day I probably just had enough of something, and as you know, I can be sarcastic and passive aggressive, Greg. And there's one day, you know, there's a bunch of people talking and I went, listen, that's just crap. I'm sorry. Go and talk to the person because I know what's going on and you obviously don't. And you're just spinning all this crap right here. Go and talk to them and right. figure it out. And the right. person just kind of looked at me and I'd had a bunch of these conversations during today, that day. And Greg, I got to tell you, I was just fed up with it because you're just, you don't have, just go ask the person. Yeah. But no, you want to sit here and speculate and say all this crap and stir up all the stuff amongst all these other people. Just go and talk to the person. Because I actually know, because that's what I did. And I just unloaded on this guy one day. And we we're kind of colleagues and stuff. And it's just, I just had it. It's like, you know, and he's spreading these things in this smaller group. And it's like, you know, dude, you're full of crap. Go and talk to him. Yeah, well, I think it's also a really interesting point, And we touched on this a little bit earlier. But is knowing yourself. Because mm. knowing you know, what are your triggers? We all have them. And usually they're based upon something that's happened to us before, but they are triggers that kind of, you know, no matter how committed we are to not making it personal, how committed we are to showing up in the best we can, we all have these triggers and we know when they kick in that, you know, it's like we look back and we think, oh, shoot, I, I did it again. You know, I'm learning. So, so how do you, how do you recognize that? And how do you protect yourself from slipping into making it personal or, or falling into those trigger traps that, that can hurt you, hurt the organization and hurt those around you? And the speculation rumor mill. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put the last two together, Greg. I think they just run quite well together. When you have as much info as you can and some time to think, decide what is the best course of action for you. And then be decisive and don't look back. Uh, Greg, there's times when I've looked at a, a whole storm and I went, okay, I'm staying. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good for right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I feel comfortable where I am. And there's been other times where I go, yeah, um, it's time to go. I'm mm -hmm. going across the hall. I'm going somewhere else. And, and, uh, I appreciate that I have a certain personality that I feel very comfortable doing that. And other people may struggle with something like that and, or maybe even are more thoughtful than I am. But, uh, I really like the idea that you get as much information as you can, 
You decide, what do I want? What's in my best interest? And then you pull the trigger and you do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's well, the, yeah, the fact that those things are two together is do your research. Yes. Um, take time. Take a walk. Engage your inner circle. Phone a friend. A phone a friend. Just to kind of saying, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I've discovered. Here's what I'm thinking based upon that. Like, don't leap too quickly on those things. But also, the other side is don't hang on too late because then you'll be in trouble too. And this is why those steps are, you know, uh, that we just described are so important. Um, and if sometimes you got to make the tough call and you got to say, you know, I'm, I'm gone in. And again, coming back to the earlier conversation, you know, there are a lot of, of folks out there today that are making those, those, those choices much quicker. So as a leader, kind of relooping, you know, stuff is going to happen. Things are going to blow up. Um, change is going to occur. Uh, how do you create the space, whether you're a leader or leading a team or whether you're just one of the folks that are on a team? What can you do to engage in conversation, find out the facts, um, understanding the possibilities and the and the risk associated with things and then making a really good choice uh, because you know what this is going to happen somewhere else if you leap somewhere too quickly and you jump into something else a fire whether the fire to the fry pan or whatever fry pan to the fire or whatever it's called that can happen so just have a logical process and you you described all of the points in here which were awesome like check your energy um, check the facts um, validate and have a conversation with someone you trust and then make the best decision and show up in the best way while you're, while you're going to where you're going to. Right. I think I did my summary. I, I was just going to say, that sounds like a great summary. And one thing uh, you just mentioned there, and I had thought of it when I was kind of putting this together is be careful of that green grass somewhere else content, mm. where you say, oh, I'm going to go over there because it's going to be better. Well, no, you know what? They have problems too. And you know, in six months, you may be facing another crisis. When you leave, it's because, listen, I can't do this, or this is not good for me. It's not healthy, or um, I just don't like where this is going. You make the decision, but to go, oh, yeah, over there, you know, the pension plan's a little better. Whatever it is, you know, be careful of that green grass thing. Oh, mm -hmm. the grass is much greener over there, so I'm going to jump. You got to kind of deal with where you are first before you decide where you're going to go next. Uh, I mean, if you get headhunted and it looks good, I mean, do what you got to do, right? But you know, that, that green grass kind of scenario comes up. And I've heard people say, well, I'm going over there because of this, that, and the other. It's like, well, maybe we should deal with what you're doing here and whether mm -hmm. you should leave first. That does look nice, but guess what? they might have a boss that's an idiot too. You just don't know, right? And yeah, things are going there. But as you said, the markets go up and down. Maybe in three months, you know, you made, you're made redundant. You don't know. So, you know, these are serious decisions you have to make and have some, you know, seek out to get that information, have some serious conversations with people that you trust and that might've been through something similar before. I mean, you and I talk all the time. You're my coach and I think the coaching probably goes a little bit both ways now, but, but certainly, you know, it's important to sit there and talk to somebody. And, you know, a couple of times, Greg, I've come in here before the, the podcast starts and said, Greg, I'm not very happy today. Yeah, and, yeah. and we have a quick conversation. Right? Yeah. And, and half the time you don't even say anything. You're just listening to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and that's important. Yeah. Having that space to be able to kind of, uh, I've had a couple of situations and I've done this myself where, where I've had, I've just kind of been able to talk through it. And by actually verbalizing something 
and someone asking me a couple of questions just to kind of dig a little deeper on certain things that I walk away with, oh, now I got clarity because I know what I need to do, but it's just there's so much noise in front of me that I can't I can't discover it. So you're right. That is a and I was thinking as you're talking about grass is over always greener, but sometimes you get over there and it's cheap artificial turf and you think, oh my goodness, like there's there's just like like uh, rock hard ground underneath this. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no sustainability behind this. And I, I've, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, you know, we talk about sometimes. You know, I've come in a couple times and and kind of said, Greg, I'm not very happy about something. And afterwards, I go, I don't think Greg actually said anything in that conversation. I think he just nodded and went, Oh, okay. And like I don't even think he gave me any advice. It just, you know, it was a sounding board. And when you hear yourself in a quieter environment and you hear what you're saying and you listen to yourself actually work it out in a conversation. Half the time, the other person doesn't actually need to say anything. I agree. It's just that space. And you, you know, and you, yet they pay you big bucks, oh, man. Well, you know, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> to hold the space. It's amazing. But most of us do know, and most coaches will, well, I mean, know that, that we have the answers inside of us. It's just they come creating, preloaded. The, creating the space for us to think through them. That's something I believe people struggle with, that they don't believe they do. And then when they come and talk to somebody like you or myself as like kind of an informal manager talking to other people's people and stuff like that, which I found myself, you know, people, when they walk away, they go, oh, I, I did have the answer. And you're right. Most people do. They just need to work it out. And sometimes they need to work it out with somebody else. And even if that other person doesn't make any major inputs, they're listening, they're nodding, they're mm -hmm. going, oh yeah, tell me more about that. You know, all right. those things that we talk about. Uh, so I agree with you, you know, a lot of the time people just don't feel they're in the position to make the decision, whatever that is. Great, fully. I think I'm done too. Yeah, sounds good. Is there anything else? I mean, we talked a lot really quickly too. Yeah, no, I just think, uh, you know, know that the time of big churn will happen in your career. And uh, like we said, it's just really important to create some space. Um, get uh, your act together. Yeah, but uh, and you get your act together by understanding and it's admitting where you're at. Um, understanding the facts, um, getting connected with others to, uh, allow you to express and to work through the facts and make a decision that you need to make. So, and during all that period of time, remember how you're showing up is so important to yourself and to everyone around you. Um, but if you go through some of those processes, then it allows you to kind of calm down, widen the lens and look at what's the best decisions that I need to make amongst this, which seems like a really significant uh, period of time. The last thing I will say is often those periods you've described as as ground zero, but of those er times when were the worst and I thought, man, they can't get any worse. They can. They can get worse, but also I'll look back and I'll think, hey, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, cause often the times you think are the worst, uh, they're bad at the moment. It's often not in the moment, just panic, yeah. all disappointment, all that stuff. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause we talked a little bit about putting your emotions aside, like acknowledging them. And a lot of that feeling is that you are, do have extreme feelings, mm -hmm. you know, self, uh, self-preservation, all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so. The situation is serious, but sometimes we think it's more serious because of the emotions that it generates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we've summed up a couple times each. Yes, we have. Okay. 
You good? I'm good. <laughs> uh, listen, folks, we hope uh, that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you really angry. Although I think this is one of those ones, Greg, that your uh, philosophy uh, lands really well on is probably necessary. Yeah, honestly, it's uh, uh, the philosophy is something that I share at the end of each of our podcasts, which is something my first coach taught me. She said that... Uh, during our session, there are times when you're going to feel really crunchy. You're going to you're going to maybe be a little peeved off at me for the kind of conversations, the places we went to, um, and there were also times when you're going to feel good because of the places we went to. And she said, "Remember that in both of those places, there is gold for learning." And so, even if you might felt a little churny at times in this conversation, um, pause and say, "Hmm." I wonder why I felt churny there. What can I learn from that? What what should I what do I want to do with it, if anything, from that? Just just dive deep into that. And uh we always hope we create a little bit of both and mostly just uh and uh encourage you to learn and grow like we're learning growing. Hmm. So uh a shout out? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a triple. A triple. Yeah. Um there's there's three places that uh aren't our biggest audiences but are probably some of the most consistent. Mm. So I'm thinking of whoever it is in Brussels mm. and in Frankfurt mm. and in North Vancouver and British Columbia. Mm. Uh, the, these people, I could, uh, I could probably set my watch by them, Greg. Wow. That's great. Well, uh, we, we are grateful for uh, wherever you are that you're listening. And we always say that if you like us, then like us on whatever your podcast follow is. Us. Uh, yeah, rate, uh, uh, give us a five star, whatever you feel is the right, the right star, uh, because it helps others find us and, uh, and also others kind of learn and share their experiences as well. So we really appreciate it. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Listen, folks, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.